Hey guys, welcome back to Off the Water. I'm your host, Darth Yacker. Joining me as always is my co-host and uh, production engineer tonight. We'll call him production engineer, Tyler Caldwell. We've got a great show for you guys tonight. Uh, joining us is going to be uh, Terry Pham, uh, who placed in the top five this past week at Ride the Bull. Terry's going to give us a rundown of what happened at the at the tournament, um, some of the techniques he used uh, for his success. I hear uh, popping corks uh, came in pretty handy this weekend. Uh, fishing in 60 foot of water. So we're going to talk to Terry about that. Uh, we're also uh, got uh, Tyler Caldwell is going to kind of bring us up to date and catch us up on some of the new items coming out in kayaks. There's been a lot of new developments coming out this year. Uh, I mean, certainly we've all heard about the new Hobie Pro Angler with the 360 drive and they've got some, uh, some other new items. Uh, Jackson's got some new things coming out. Native's got some new items coming out. So some, some new innovations to those kayaks. So Tyler's going to kind of fill us in on all that. Some new colors, I think, too. So looking forward to hearing some of that. Uh, but our main guest tonight is going to be Captain Eric Mahobrak with Louisiana Kayak Company. Eric is a uh, local charter guide, longtime member of Bayou Coast Kayak Club, also longtime sponsor of the club. Eric's going to you know fill us in on fishing down Highway 23, what's going on down there right now. And uh, maybe we'll take some, some questions from some of the audience tonight. Uh, Eric's been a uh, uh, lifelong Louisiana resident, uh, got a wealth of knowledge about fishing down Highway 23. And uh, we thought with uh, Rumble on the River coming up and the uh, falling tide coming up in the next two months, now would be a good time to, to start getting some information and maybe start planning your trip if you plan on fishing any of those tournaments. Uh, so before we get started tonight, um, we're going to start off with a little bit of sad news, but um, I thought it was appropriate to mention we had a, uh, a local um, fishing guide, uh, Tofield Bourgeois, who passed away two weeks ago. Uh, I don't know. or It was actually about eh, about, a, about a week and a half ago on, on a fishing trip. If uh, you guys don't know Tofield, he was a guide out of Lafitte, Louisiana, longtime fishing guide, um, very well known in Lafitte, uh, actually well known throughout the state. He was a regular on uh, Don Dubuque in the morning, uh, Saturday mornings, and also he uh, he would appear on the Fishing Game Report at times. He was an avid fisherman, um, hunter. I know he did uh, duck runs, but I think what he was really famous for was his um, his trips out to the Chandelier Islands where he had a seaplane and would take anglers out on these uh, trips. He would fly the seaplane out to the Chandelier Islands and wade fishing for, for big trout and reds. Uh, Tofield actually passed away, uh, as I understand it, uh, on a fishing trip when they were returning from the islands. The uh, seaplane he was in crashed. Tofield passed away. I believe the two passengers, as far as I understand, survived the trip. Um, I, I don't think Tofield was into kayak fishing, but he was such a well-known guide, and everyone he talked to uh, really enjoyed being around him. He um, just just a great guy. You could tell he, he loved what he did. Every time you'd hear him on Don Dubuque, he'd be up early in the morning, uh, you know, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning talking duck hunting. He, he really enjoyed. I used to watch his shows when he'd come on Don Dubuque uh, on the fishing game report and everything. And so I thought it'd be nice to do uh, a little tribute to, to Tofield. And certainly we express our condolences to his family. Um, you know, one thing we could say is uh, he, he at least died doing what he loved to do. And I think uh, any of us, if, if we had our choice, we would uh, we would go out the same way. Uh, Eric, I know that you had actually met Tofield before. I, I think I met him one time, um, but, I, but I listen to him a lot. And you always feel that you know him when you hear him every Saturday morning and, and you watch him on TV. It, it feels like it, this is somebody you know, even though you, you don't really have a close relationship. Tell us uh, tell us what you remember about Tofield. 
Well, uh, man, I met him, I guess, back in 90, 94, 95 or something. I was uh, sponsored by a company called Old Bayside when I had the Bay Boat back then. And uh, he was on. He was one of the guides also on it. And uh, that's how we kind of met. And then, um, you know, we just – I knew him. I wouldn't say I, I was buddies with him where I'd call him up or whatever. We had running each other out in the bayou where we had – switched off you know he had customers and i had customers and i had my fish i let him have it and he did the same for me at cat cat island and big island which islands aren't there anymore but uh the thing about tofiel is that he was truly one of the best ambassadors for the state of louisiana being a fishing guide isn't just about how many fish can you pile up and kill you have to be an ambassador because people come from around the world to come out with you. And he had that special little, little, little knack to where people to know him was to love him. You know what I mean? And, uh, he true Cajun coon ass boy, whatever you want to say, but you know, he, he had that special niche where he realized the whole game wasn't just about piling fish up. It was a, a whole adventure and, and showing and teaching people about Louisiana and things like that. And that's one of the things that I remember most about him. That he was, I guess you would call it a liaison, right? For yeah, years. yeah, yeah. I hear, I hear he was a great storyteller, always uh, very funny, and always kept his his clients entertained. And I've been on on good charter trips. I've been on bad charter trips, you know. And even on the bad ones, when you had a good captain, you I mean you understand fishing's fishing. You you can't always get on the fish as much as we like to. But uh, the good charter captains always kept you entertained, uh, even when the fish weren't biting, or even when the fishing was slow. You know, so, um, you know, we'd like to, to pay our respect to Tofield um, and, uh, and again, our condolences to his family. So, well, look, let's get on. Let's, uh, you know, it's sad things. We have to we have to recognize some things. But I know we're, we're here to talk about fishing. And look, we had one of the largest kayak tournaments in the world take place last weekend. Ride the bull down in Grand Isle. Uh, I'm not sure how many participants there, there were there. Uh, Terry, uh, maybe you could fill us in on that. Do you know? What we were looking at as far as the number of people that ended up registering for that tournament? I believe it was right at about 700 people. 700 people, and they're all launching or basically in the same area, over there by Bridgeside and fishing that, that Cayman out of Pass area, correct? Correct. Yeah. And so you were one of those 700. Yes. Yes. I was. <laughs> so how, how many Ride the Bulls have you fished? My se- this is my second year. Your second year. So was last year your first one? Yes. How'd you do last year? Not too good. Last year was kind of the learning year and try to kind of figure everything out, you know, how, how the whole system goes. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, last year, the thing was now you can launch at Bridgeside and Wakeside, which is the one right across the, the street, you know, and they had all kind of confusion last year because, I, I guess for the captain's meeting, you're supposed to be on land, but you understand you got 700 people. Not everybody could park their kayak and get on the land. Right. Right. It's not enough room, you know? So I like hopped on and off three or four times trying to figure it out. And you wind up really not half like having to, you just had to kind of stage up in the area. You know, it was just a whole lot of, you know, and you do get a lot of wrong information listening to people and stuff there too. Cause I, I like, I feel like more than half people really don't know either, you know, because 
you wind up having so many people there, you know. Yeah. It's like well, you hear one person, people, oh, well, look, you're not supposed to do this. No, you're not supposed to do that. And, you know. Well, you get a lot of people out there. I know when I fished it, uh, you know, maybe half the people didn't know what they were doing. You know, first time in a kayak, renting a kayak, uh, you know, going down just for the experience. It's a great yeah. experience, you know. Um, you, you get out there, there, there's food, there's drinks, and it's kind of a big party. Uh, a lot of people really enjoy going out there and, and you know, Hey, it's no big secret. You know, you, everybody knows what you got to do. You got to, you got to drop dead bait to the bottom and hopefully get lucky. Um, now, I mean, there are certain, te- some techniques and some, some, certainly some things you can do to improve your chances of winning. Uh, right. this year though, you managed to, to finish in fifth place. Yes. So, uh, out of 700 people, how many bull reds were actually caught and weighed in? I believe it was 25 and maybe like half of that wasn't even really blue reds. Really? So just, just yeah. regular redfish. They were just regular redfish. Yeah, I think was, they had four pound redfish weighed in. So was, was your redfish a bull? Yes, it was. Okay. So what, 27 and a quarter? What were we looking at here? No, I didn't get a measurement on him. I would say he was probably about 38 to 39 inches maybe. Oh, 38 to 30. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a big red. Yeah. Give or take. Uh, he weighed in at 24.992 or something like that. So, I mean, it was a good fight? It was a good fight. It, it's definitely a, a hard fight because at the same time, you got to fight other people's anchors. You got to make sure, you know, he don't wrap around your anchor. Um, you know, so it, it does get, take, you know, getting a little used to try to figure everything out because you, you can't let him run too far because then he'll come and snag everybody else's anchor and you wind up losing them. Yeah. Now, now I know this is, this is like one of the important questions. Uh, you were fishing out of a, uh, a native, a Jackson, uh, what kind what kind of kayak were you fishing out of here? A Hobie pro angler 14. Oh, the big boy. The big no, boy. not no more. Not, not no. Not no more. They got the 360 now. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But they not haven't the actually – they're not more. actually on the market yet. No one's bought them yet. I know Francis keeps reminding me every day how, how his hasn't come in yet. So, uh, will, yeah, his uh-huh. special order coming in. So um, did you did you fish under the bridge or did you fish over by the other pass? I fished over by the other pass. And I guess from going last year, I mean, every pass has – you know, both sides are going to have about 300 people, give or take, you know, on each side. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just went and picked a spot that, you know, because everybody kind of gets on a certain spot. And I I kind of try to stay away from the crowd just a little bit. I feel like if a fish does swim through there, it will make your odds a little better. Instead of you sitting next to literally, you know, you're like five five yards from 30 other kayaks. I mean – once somebody hooks up, it's going to be like, uh, dude, it's going to be crazy, you know? So yeah. there, there's a lot of risk, I guess, when you're fishing, especially in a crowd. But I pretty much just I, I picked a spot and I said, I'm going to sit here all day. You know, um, I had a bite at, I'd say, 10 o'clock. And I'm not really a, a live bait guy. And, man, he... He hit it, and I kind of rushed it. It was – I mean, I sat there for four hours, not even a bite. 
And well, anybody who's ever fished with you know that you're 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 a you're a dead Trump under a popping court kind of guy. So I let's not let's not let's not <laughs> fool anybody here. <laughs> you know, you're throwing out I'm not a live bait kind of guy. Well, look, look, that's dead dead shrimp, not live shrimp. Now that's true. That's true. Oh. There's a there's a there's a different technique fishing with dead shrimp over live shrimp. It's it's um yeah. it's a technique. So what what were you using for bait? Uh, crab. Crab was it was it live or, or dead or soft Both, shell? I, um. One I rigged up with a hole, and one I rigged up cracked. Okay. You know, just to kind of see what they like, you know. Um, and on, on one, I was running a Carolina rig, and one um, I was running – it's a leader from a, uh, a guy in Texas that makes it. Uh, his name is Leonard Dale from LD Quicksets. And, you know um, – it's a different type of lead. It keeps your bait off the ground about three or four inches instead of just sitting dead on the ground. So I guess it kind of makes it like it alive a little bit. He floats right off the ground. And, you know, I mean, both of my hits came off that that setup, you know, with the Carolina style. I did not get a bite on it. OK, so you get the bite on the live crab. Yeah, on a live crab. Did you did you I know Todd Lewis did a, a YouTube uh, video showing uh, how to how to rig a live crab where you crack it and the juices are kind of flowing out and kind of chumming the water a little bit. Did you did you do that or no? I did. You didn't. I just said I'm gonna throw this whole thing on there. Did you take I a hammer to them and beat them up a little bit? And no. So the juices would flow. Whole thing. Just the, the only thing I broke off was the claws. I broke the claws off. You know, and I just hooked them and just threw threw the whole thing out there. How, how big of a crab was it? I'd say they're about four inch crabs. Four inch. Okay. Five, yeah. You were able to get them at Bridgeside or, or something like that, or what? Yes. Yeah? I was. And so he took it whole, huh? Yep, took it whole. Yeah. That's that's pretty good stuff. So then um, your your fish was twenty about 29 pounds? No, no, 24.9. Oh, 24.9. Do you know what first place was? First place was 26.8. Oh, damn. So, I mean – I mean, no, no, no real big, big ones, though. No 30, no. 30 40 pounders. No, not yeah. this year. Not Surprisingly, this year. there wasn't, you know. Um, I figured first place would have had at least a 35-pound fish. Yeah, with 700 people fishing and only 25 reds being caught and weighed in, I mean, that's that's not a very good percentage. Uh, seemed a little slower this year than than maybe prior years. Yeah. So I know they, um, they got rid of the cash prizes this year, so they were giving out just, just regular prizes. Uh, tell us about all the goodies you won for uh, for fifth place. Fifth place, I won, I believe it's a Wilderness Tarpon 12 mm-hmm. with the kayak. Um, I won, it came with a Boondocks T-Bone. Uh, now, that Wilderness of, kayak, that's a good kayak, though. I mean, I hear, you know, I mean, that's for a paddle kayak, that's supposedly a pretty good kayak. Yeah. It's it, it's definitely a nice kayak. Yeah. You know, um, but that... A T-bone, uh, so a, a bed Corrado, extender. Yeah, the bed extender. The bed a extender. Yeah, those are K, nice. A Corrado K rod and reel. I guess you could say combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Marucci cooler bag, a cooler backpack. A Marucci tackle bag. Mm-hmm. Some kind of like bed rack lock, like the kayak locks that you push together. <laughs> oh, okay. That. And a wilderness live well. Man, that sounds like it's, I mean, it sounds about, about $2,000 or so of, of, of stuff you won. Yeah, it was, I'd, I'd say it was around there, about $2,000. Yeah. 
That's great, man. That's great. What What do you plan on doing with that? You gonna You gonna sell the PA and maybe switch over to the wilderness? No, no, no. <laughs> Everything pretty much is already called for already. Yeah. So you know, um, I really wanted to, to jump up a little higher, but you know, look, sometimes I'd rather be lucky than good. You know, man. Uh, look, fifth place in a crowd in a, in a field of seven hundred. Uh, I'd take that every day. If you could say, look, Sean, uh, if you get 700, you take fifth place and, and not fish it. I mean, yeah, that, you know, that's, 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 that's pretty, pretty damn good. That's one of those tournaments yeah. where I think everybody that places is just lucky. Oh, damn, Tyler. What did yeah. you say? I, said, I think that's one of those tournaments where pretty much everybody that places is lucky. I mean, you got 700 lines pretty, in the water in the I same mean, place. So, I mean, you got to have a, you got to know a little bit about rigging and what you're doing. But for the most part, uh, it's. Whoever's line the fish swims past and decides to eat. Pretty and and pretty much, you know, you you know, that's pretty much it. You know, like I say, I I caught my fish at I think twelve thirty and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna take my my chances on that fish. I knew it was a decent fish. I said, you know, I'm gonna take my chances on it and I mean all I had was like an hour and a half left. So I was like, you know, why even try to upgrade? You know, sometimes I guess a fish, when you get that big, it, it, it's hard to upgrade at the same time, you know? It is, especially with so few fish being caught. Yeah. Um, so did, uh, how many, how many places did they end up playing out? Do you know? 10 places. Okay. It was Man, 10 that, places. That, that didn't seem very much when you got 700 people signing up. No, it's, it, it's, it's not. Jeez, man. Yeah. It's I think 10 we played out more than that uh, at Paddlepalooza. They they do like team like you can do like a team uh you know the team that catches the most fish you win this year I think you won some rods some rods and reels uh I think that's about the only other one they did okay well look man we appreciate you uh you sharing that information with us um you plan on fishing it next year I do yeah you know it's it's a fun tournament you know um you go out there I mean. And that's one of those tournaments where if you want to get drunk, you could sit there and get drunk and still bring home a a thousand dollars, you know, or a five thousand dollars. Condone drinking on kayaks in the Caminata Pass, <laughs> dude. You you could get drunk in that tournament and, and still take a prize home, <laughs> you know. So it's just for fun. <laughs> look, man. Look, sitting in a kayak in August. Uh, with 95 degree heat is not wine drinking weather. Let me tell you what, uh, that just wouldn't suit me very good. Tyler, is that bourbon drinking weather? You think? Uh, maybe beer. Maybe beer. Maybe like Mick Ultra, Coors Light, something like that. Yeah, nothing too heavy. Yeah, Sean. I think as soon as it comes in, you it's coming out of you with uh, with that heat out there. Look, but um, Sean, Terry, if you had a if you had a pro angler, you know, you either sit back with your with your wine glass and just relax and just wait. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You see in the outback, you you know, you can't you can't sit back that good. God, I hope the Coast Guard's not watching this. Uh, again, Todd Lewis is sitting in his chair thinking, This is not right. We can't have people doing this. But you wouldn't do that at a Bayou Coast tournament. I mean, not you know, no. I don't think we can do that, right, Tyler? I, don't, I think you have to I'm pretty sure you have to be sober at the weigh in. Oh, so might, just just keep that in mind. Uh, now at the weigh in, fallen Todd, Patapalooza. We're all having a few drinks. We're not going anywhere. It's all good. It's all good. But after, definitely after the, uh, so Terry, look, man, thanks for coming on tonight. Kind of filling us in. You are more than welcome to stick around if you want. Uh, we're going to, uh, jump over to Tyler Caldwell real quick. Um, 
Tyler, I, I know uh, we were talking earlier. There's all kinds of things coming out. I know Brock over at Outback's been posting some things. I know you've been sharing some things on Facebook with uh, with um, wait, what's that kayak you 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 use again? I forget. Native. 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 I'm sorry. No, really, that that was my fault. I just I had a brain freeze. I oh, thought he was yeah. using a Hobie. No, no, no. He's he's he's. Like, I tell you what. Ever since that 360 come out, he's like, oh, I don't know, man. I I, I, I really like that 360 feature. So, but um. No, Tyler's got a native, and it's really cool. The native kayaks are really nice. Uh, he's trying to convince me to use one when we go down to fish uh, Gunnersville uh, for the native. Uh, what is it? The name Titan tournament? The Titan uh, tournament of Titans. Tournament of Titans. Yeah. So I don't know. I might go down there and beat everybody in my outback. Uh, so we'll have to see. There you go. But um, we'll see what happens. Hey man, they they got a nice bonus for people fishing in the native. That's all I'm saying. They do. They do. That's the only thing that's that's got me. Um, Can't switch them, Don. Don't switch to the dark side. I'm, I'm, look, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, so, Tyler, t- tell us a little bit about some some of the great things coming out. I know. Um, I don't know where you want to start. So, so take the lead wherever you want to go. Hobie, Native, Jackson, all kinds of great things. All right. Uh, so, Eric, cut me off if I get anything wrong here. But uh, so there's a big paddle sports retailer show going on right now in Oklahoma. Um, it's it's kind of the the eye cast of the paddle sports world. So uh, hey, this is kayak fishing, uh, whitewater, just anything paddle sports. But um, this is always the the show where a native usually drops their um, their bigger new releases for the year. Uh, so um, Hobie has announced a few things. So they, uh, as you know, they got the 360 Pro Angler coming out. Um, they with that at ICAST, they introduced a new color. Um, it's kind of a blue blue camo water looking color. Um, just I think today or yesterday at um, Paddle Sport Retailer, they also announced a um, a new Amazon green camo, pretty cool looking color. Uh, that'll also be available on the Pro Angler 360, I believe. Um, let's see, they they have uh, released a new Hobie Passport 12, which I think is a a very affordable entry level type um, pedal drive kayak. Uh, lightweight, just just pretty pretty basic when it comes to features, but uh, just a nice price point for uh, people wanting to get into a pedal drive. Is it is it a twelve or a ten foot? Because uh, maybe it's the ten. I I thought it was a no, twelve. No, they got they got the ten and then they got the twelve. They just came out with the twelve. Oh, okay, okay. twelve has more features than the ten. And, yeah, because um, I, I saw the ten when I was over there, and I was like, well, that's a cute little kayak, especially you got kids. Or, yeah. you know, for small. Well, I've seen a guy 240 pounds in it standing up. I got pictures of him standing up in it one of the demo days at Mass. Wow. In, in the 10 foot. I haven't seen the 12 foot, but that's, you know, like Tyler's saying, for somebody getting into the beginning of the kayaks, that's, that's going to be a good good boat around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, as far as affordability, working guy, you know, for affordability of getting it, a, a pedal drive. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm thinking. I was yeah, thinking I even even for guys like you, Eric, uh, just um, adding some extra pedal drives to your fleet for guided trips. You know, it's, it you know, honestly, I thought about doing it with the smaller boat, putting it in because usually the customers aren't carrying anything. I got the ice chest and the tackle and everything else in my boat, and uh, I, I actually looked at them and and and, and, and uh, still was thinking about them. Now the twelves coming out because um, you know I am mean, getting old, a little bit older. The boats are heavy. <laughs> it doesn't matter which which brand it is they all getting heavier you know you're right you're right they are getting heavier so uh hobie also released at icast um as y'all know well we talked about the 360 drive they also have the kick up fin new feature which is uh 
pretty cool. I think it's something they've been needing for a while, in my opinion. I know y'all, you Hobie guys, had issues with bending rods, uh, masts, and those fins when hitting things occasionally. And so now uh, this will save y'all from, from going through that. I mean, it's a pretty cool feature. I think they're, uh, what they've announced now is that pretty much, I think most of their, their drives are going to come with this now. Uh, I'll accept the Passport, I think, is going to come with it. Right. Anyone, anyone that's got the 180 drive is going to come with it, from my understanding. And I tell you what, that's going to be a great feature because I've, um, I've bet so many rods you know, when you when you when you pedaling down in your um, not as many recently with the with the newer drive because I think the fins are a little bit shorter. Uh, it seems like anyway, but the the older ones, you, I mean, you bend so many so many rods, and um, really it's hard to bend them back into shape without messing them up. And they're, they're about twenty dollar rods, you know. So uh, what what uh, Tyler and, and Eric are talking about on the Homie Mirage drive, you basically have fins coming down that go like this rather than a propeller. I think the obviously the Native and the Jackson are uh, propeller-driven. So the fins, um, when they hit something, if you're going fast and you hit something, the rod that's holding the fin in place will, will bend and uh, make it very awkward. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll affect the, the, the performance of the drive. So my understanding is that the new drive, I haven't seen it yet being demonstrated, but I'm really anxious to see it. So they just, they just how, do they, how do they work, Eric? They break they up? Or? up. If, you, if you're running into it, they just, they just fold up. Like, you know, yeah. like you hit something and they fold up. And then so when you, like, when you they start like pedaling this, again, like that, they flip back down. Yeah. They fold up and flip back down. How, do you know how it's going to perform in some areas where there's like heavy grass? Uh, you, you know, if it's going to be able to push through it or if they'll break away? I, I'm just not sure yet. Um, I'm not sure yet on that. I believe that you can adjust the the breakaway point. Don't quote me on that. Though. I think I read somewhere that you can, can adjust it to where it folds, you know, like certain amount of pounds to push it back, you know, Yeah. Or, you know, but I don't see why grass would affect it that much. I mean, even if it did, it may help more because, you know, with the old fins, you're going through the grass like this up against mm -hmm. the hull anyway. Yeah. Sometimes it gets built up. Well, if they broke away, it might release that grass and it'll pop back up and you can keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, that's a good point. Fins, you know, I don't fish in grass yeah. anyway. I hate fishing in grass, but even the fishing is good. I hate going through it with that drive. But, yeah. um, you know, you do what you have to do sometimes. It's easy to go through with the drive. That's for sure. I don't know about a propeller. <laughs> <laughs> Stab. We're talking about Highway 23 grass. Now we're talking about yeah. Delacro or Reggio grass. You ain't going through that with the, with the all, drive. You go through it all. Yeah. So Tyler, we got so we got the we got the new features coming out with the Hobie with the new colors and the and, and the breakaway drive. I heard a rumor that um, the uh, the 360 drive, I think it's available on the on the 14 foot now, but uh, I think they may be putting it on the 12 foot as well. Uh, that sounds like an error question. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I know it's coming out on the PA 14 for sure. I have yeah. no idea about the 12. I, 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 I think I love I see where they are where they're doing both of them. I think yeah. I seen it yesterday. It yeah, I'd love to see yeah. them come in on the Outback, though. I mean, that's probably going to be something they do in two years when uh, everybody goes. Because everybody just bought a new Outback. So it's right. like, you can't buy a new one. You have to wait two years like the iPhone, right. you know, just you can't come out something, with all the great things. Something about the Outbacks and the drive. And uh, the new drive, the one that folds back, I just read today that the, the, new, the new kickback drive will fit any drive that had the 180 drive in it. Oh, wow. So you'll okay. be able to get the other drive. Um, as far as getting parts and changing it over, the, there hasn't been anything said about that. 
Yeah. Because I think they had to re-engineer some stuff on it. I had to get Brock on it to talk about that. So Tyler, that's what's going on with Hobie. Tell us about um, what's going on with uh, with Native. All right. Um, so Native released a few boats. I'm just going to talk about the one that I'm most excited about, which is uh, they've they've had a Native Slayer Propel and um, a couple different links that was a little popular back when it first came out and um, around down here. And it's just uh, gotten a little. The hole had gotten a little outdated. It didn't have recessed transducer mount. It didn't have power pull mount. It just was kind of behind on the times. And so. Uh, finally, they've um, updated it, and uh, so it's a 12 and a half foot. It's called the Slayer Propel Max. Um, so, it, you know, the Titans that they've had are real wide, heavy, stable platforms, but uh, this is a little more sleek. It's going to be a little better for guys like us who are pulling in out the water multiple times in tournaments. Um, uh, I think it's going to be a little better platform for the guys who like to go offshore. Uh, they also, with that, are um, releasing a new color called Gray Ghost, which is kind of like a gray camo-looking color. Uh, and then also they've, they've uh, let me put that picture up on the screen real quick. And then they've also released the uh, a new Propel Drive of 701 series. It's um, basically uh, some, some guys had figured out how to make a, uh, a weed guard to go in between the prop and the drive itself uh so to help there was a gap there that um when when grass would get caught up on the prop it, it would get up in that gap and it made it a little tough to clear and uh so there was an aftermarket park some, somebody came up with that really helped that and i guess uh so many people were using it and complimenting it that native took notice and has now uh incorporated that into the drive itself so you no longer have to purchase that um, and then they've also added uh, another common thing that a lot of people did was was change out their pedals to something with a little more uh, grip. Pretty much any standard bicycle pedal will fit that drive, and so now they've they've kind of they're releasing these drives with um, a, a better style pedal that I think will suit more people. Uh, that covers that. Oh, and and the new drives also have a uh, are going to start having a five year warranty. I think before it was only two or three years, so uh, you'll have five year warranty on the drive so one of the great thing about the the native kayaks you know unlike the hobies where the hobies you gotta you gotta reach down you gotta pull the string flip the fins around to go backwards basically with the native you just start pedaling backwards right yeah that, that's i mean really you know in my opinion there's pros and cons to every boat right i mean mm-hmm. uh, i really enjoy hands-free reverse just being able to switch uh directions there um just instantly it, it's nice especially when drifting a bank or something you can kind of maintain your your distance off the bank uh as the wind blows and pedal forward or pedal backwards or if you hook into a fish near the bank and you want to back out farther in open water you can instantly pedal reverse it's just a nice nice feature to have yeah i mean they've got a great selection of kayaks i i know when i was first looking at mine i, I really like the native slayer I almost almost went that way end up going with the hobies just they seem to be more used down here and so I was like, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm buying my first kayak. I don't know what to get or my second kayak at that point. And I, I went back and forth, ended up going with the Outback. But, you know, I've seen you use that Slayer. It's a, it's a great kayak. Uh, and you've, they've got a, a good selection. I mean, they've got the, the bigger ones. I think the Titans um, are, are the bigger kayaks. And then um, they've got some mammoths out there. I know one of them, a pretty big boy. I forget. You you owned one. What was it called? Man, it was, was it the Titan? It was the Titan 13 and a half. I mean, it was just a monster. Uh, super. It was a monster. Bit. Wasn't bad once you got it on the water, but it was a little tough to uh, to move around. Yeah. So tell us what do you know? Is there anything new coming out with the Jackson kayaks? 
Jackson's the only other one that I saw, I've heard of something released. I don't have the best picture of it. Um, I'm going to post it up. It's the Jackson Bite that they came out with recently. It was a um, lower price point paddle kayak. They've now released the Jackson Bite FD. Uh, so it's a lower, little bit lower price point pedal drive kayak with the, uh, the flex. Is it the flex drive? That's what they call, call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a picture here. Like I said, it's not the best picture, but I did see on Jackson's Facebook page they posted a, uh, a live video with Jameson Redding there in the booth at Paddlesport Retailer uh, with a nice walkthrough video. So you can go over to their Facebook page and check it out if you want to see more info on it. Now, I know one of our officers, uh, Chuck Bahan, actually uses the Jackson. He swears by it. They're coming out. I think the, the new drive is coming out. I think he just got it maybe, and it's supposed to be uh, increasing the speed on it, I think is what he was telling us that, you know, we got another – mile an hour out of it or something like that, which doesn't seem significant with the kayak world. It, it, it is. If you can go, you know, from three to four or four to half, that's, that's a good bit faster. Um, another thing that he's been talking about uh, that I haven't seen yet, but I'm really interested in, in, in looking at is they're, um, they're coming out with, I think, a, a less expensive motor to fit. Uh, do you know what it's called, Tyler? I forget yeah, what it's, it's called the E-Drive. And what's neat about it is you know, you go out and buy a Torquedo or something like that. I think you're looking at, you know, thousands, oh, 2000. Yeah, thousands of dollars. And uh, what's neat about the, the E-Drive from Jackson is you're basically using the, the pedal drive that you have in the kayak and you're just taking the pedals off of the top of it and clipping the electric drive right into, into place. So all the propeller and the lower gears is all the same unit. Um, so I want to say that E-Drive's somewhere between five and 600 bucks, you know, compared to a couple thousand for a Torquedo. So, so wait a minute, so that thing actually like does the pedaling for you. I thought it was like a little, little motor you dropped in. No, it's, it's based. So the, the flex, the drive, the pedal drive is two pieces. So you take, you can take the upper portion off of the boat completely that has the pedals, but the lower part, the propeller stays in the boat at all times. Cause it, it, it folds up right when you hit something, okay. you can fold it up into the hole. Uh, so you can unclip the pedals and just clip on the electric drive, and, it, and it's the same propeller as, as whether you're pedaling. Oh wow! Or, or so I wouldn't be able to use it on my Outback. No. Oh. No. It's just it's the it's just the upper portion that attaches to the drive. So it, it's okay. basically doing the pedaling for you. Yeah. So it does me no good, is what you're saying. Right. Unless you want to. Okay. Well, you know, I, you know, it's one of those things you can't use them in tournaments. But I tell you, if you're scouting for one, or you want to go a little bit further out. Uh, certainly it, it sounds something that's pretty handy. You know, if you're going four or five miles out and you're, you're a little tired coming back in and, uh, you just want to kick back and, and pull a Terry, I guess, and drink a beer and, uh, <laughs> and just have that drive going and, and bring you in. Sounds like a pretty good deal. I have to check it out. Um, you know, I know, uh, Hobie's got, you know, the, uh, I think they use some torpedoes, uh, fit the Hobie real well. I know, uh, Matt Van out of Florida has one. I've seen him pull in another kayak behind it. Uh, things got some power. They're, they're expensive, but uh, they've got a lot of power to them. So um, that'll, that'll be real interesting to see how that works out with the, uh, with the Jackson kayaks. Anything else we got out there that, that's, that's coming up new? That's, that's it. That's all I had right now. Um, I know the show's going on for a few more days, so uh, we may see more things released. or There may be more things out there that I just haven't taken notice of. You know, and one of the great things about the kayaks, and it's not just Hobie or, or, or Native or Jackson, but you see all of these manufacturers that there are constantly updating their products. They're not just sitting back and letting their products ride. You know, I mean, Hobie's going to sell its outbacks, and yet it comes out 
with a better version of Outback. Native is selling their cocks and they come out with a better version, you know, fixing anything they can. It's just, it's an incredible process watching the evolution of these kayaks. You know, when you go back to the old Outbacks when they first came out and looking at them now and seeing all the changes they've made to really, really uh, make them more uh, fishing friendly and uh, and just the innovations are coming out with a great now with the 360 drop and being able to do circles, literally do circles while you're sitting still and pedaling is, uh, is really incredible. So, um, well, look, we're going to take a quick break uh, from one of our sponsors and then we're going to be right back with Captain Eric Mohobrak of the Louisiana Kayak Company. What's up, guys? It's Brock again from the Backpacker. Another cool product I wanted to highlight were the Smith sunglasses. Um, these are what I personally wear every trip I'm out on the water. My personal choice is the guy's choice. They have a thicker frame on the sides. They block out a lot of side light, and they come with some really sweet lenses that are great for our waters down here. Um, we got a, a lot of different styles in them. A couple of things that I like, they're very light, a lot lighter than a lot of the other glasses that I've tried. Um, so they don't give you that pressing um, on your ears, on your nose, and another thing they do is they flex. So when you're wearing them all day, you don't get that headache. They kind of form to your head. They fit around your hat. You don't have to worry about um, feeling uncomfortable with them. And don't forget, be sure to visit us online at www.backpackeroutdoors.com or in one of our stores. In hey, we're back. Um, I forgot to mention that tonight's buzz is brought to me by Louis Martini Cabernet Sauvignon. It is uh, a very good wine that I like to drink. Um, moderate price range, sometimes $15 to $20. Uh, they are not a club sponsor, but if they'd like to be, they can That's contact nice. Aaron LaRose. And um, I'm sure he can uh, get us set up with that. For um, Sounds like you're working on some free wine right now. <laughs> you're trying to get some free wine for future. I am working on club sponsors right now. It's just a constant project for me. Um, you know, uh, uh, we're going to... Um, I talked to, uh, to, to to somebody out there. There's there's a guy out there. We're looking at maybe coming in and, and, and working at, at being the new club sponsor. And we were talking about uh, some potential uh, targets next year, potential sponsors. We're not naming names, but they make wings. Um, and so we were talking about maybe seeing if they'd want to throw some some gift cards and stuff our way. And something he, he said he'd be interested in working on if he comes aboard. Uh, the club. But look, uh, let's go on over now to Captain Eric Mohoborak with Louisiana Kayak Company. I've known Eric for about probably about four or five years now when I first got in the club. Um, he's been a, a longtime member of the club. He's also a club sponsor, offers uh, discounts to club members if they want to do uh, charter trips. You know, I, Tyler, every day um, on the Facebook page, I see that I think we must be adding two or three people a day. I always see where, where people are coming in on Facebook and they have to get permission to join the Facebook page. Uh, I'm sure you see that as well as an officer, but I mean, what, two or three people a day? Yeah. Uh, to join? If, maybe more than that. Maybe more than that. So we're getting a lot of people coming in, wanting to learn kayak fishing, and they're always, I, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to fish. And look, it can be very discouraging when you're first learning. I know. I was fortunate enough to have a couple of friends already in the sport and I took many, many trips where I'd go out and not catch anything. I know when I bought my boat, I, uh, first thing I did was with the, I think the very first or second trip I took out my boat, I hired a guy to, to help me learn an area. So look, and I was honest with him. So look, I, I don't, I'm, I'm wanting to learn. This is my boat. I'm wanting to learn areas. Can you teach me? I don't need honey holes, but teach me kind of, uh, what what the areas are around here same thing with kayak fishing you know one of the big things you want to do is 
where do I launch at? You know, because a lot of launches you're going to go to, it's a run and it's not suitable for kayaks. You know, it's, it's more suitable for boats. But there's a lot of great places out there you can launch that are much better for kayaks than for boats. And so uh, one of those things that I, I recommend to people, and I've had people contact me and say, look, I, I want to learn this area. And I say, look, you know, call up Captain Eric Mohibrak. This is his phone number. You know, this is he guides down there. He can show you fishing kayaks. You can see how he rigs the kayaks. He can take you some areas and teach you some techniques for fishing uh, redfish. And if you want to do a certain technique, I'm sure he'd be able to help you. So let's get over to Captain Eric. Um, Eric, I've known you for about four or five years. I know you fished on Highway 23, and certainly we've drank a few beers together and, and cleaned fish together. But tell me a little bit about about uh, about Eric, Mr. Muhobrak. Uh, where, where are you from originally? Oh, I'm kind of halfway in between Metairie and Empire, I guess you would say. Bucktown and Empire. How about that? That'd be the best way to do it. Um, okay. Family's uh, grandfather, Croatian. Uh, had always to camp out there in uh, Bayou Schofield uh, slash Bay Crapo, which if you look on a map, uh, it's no longer there. It's just nothing but open water. Was he an um, oysterman? Your grandfather? He was an oysterman, yes. He used to fish oysters. So There's something I think I've heard that the, a lot of the oystermen – Years ago, we're, we're from Croatia for some reason. It seems like they had a large Croatian population down most here that did oysters. Most of them are from Croatia or Yugoslavia back then, Croatia now, after the war, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, he was first generation uh, Croatian. And um, that's kind of where I cut my teeth at, you know, pretty much one of my first memories is a boat wake, I guess you would say, because um, I'd go down there and spend the entire summer weekends when uh, I'd have problems in school, he'd take me down there and teach me how to work, uh, you know, without the fishing poles. Um, but, uh, my I first, hate, uh, what's that? I hated those weekends. My grandfather's camp when he'd take me down there in Lake, uh, he was down there in Lake Laurier at Myrtle Grove uh, and we'd go down there and it's like, okay, we're going to be painting this weekend the camp. I'm like, oh, I thought we were going fishing. fishing. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> that's not the way it works. Um, but uh, and actually, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, you, I'm into the kayaks now. And how do you get into kayaks? Well, I'm sure a lot of the guys in the club or in the state of Louisiana, my first boat was an eight-foot Cypress uh, uh, Pirog. And then um, they actually gave me, a, uh, after that, my biggest boat was a 20-foot Cypress Skiff that I'd start <laughs> rowing and I rowed and paddled and stuff like that. And I got a game fisher with a 9.9 9 it was on, but, uh, that's, so uh, I guess I've been into paddle sports my whole entire life. I used to walk the marsh out there and catch fish with a cane pole when I was a baby. So it's kind of history. I've been down there so long. It, I've forgotten where most things used to be, I should say. Um, and, uh, I just kind of, I was started guiding, I think back in 94, kind of bounced around with the offshore stuff a little bit. Um, Fell into the uh, bay boats. Um, long story short, a uh, big storm hit in 2006 and kind of fell out of that for, <laughs> well, you know the reasons when what happened. And I lived in Fort Sofa behind what Sigs used to be. And so you're, uh, talking about, you're talking about Katrina when Katrina, Katrina hit. Katrina, yeah. Wow. Katrina hit and uh, yeah. pretty much wiped me out. And um, long story short, a friend of mine who owns airboats ended up driving for him. And uh, also doing swamp tours and stuff. And then me and him were goofing off one day down at the Delta Marina. And I can't remember who it was, uh, who was the president then back then. But they had a sign up that said, you, you know, kayak tournament. 
fish out of anything that you want. Well, me and him had uh, pierogs, and uh, we were like, man, we can, we can fish that. We'll win. And uh, we put the pierogs on top of a, a Polaris and rode up and down the levee and caught slams and ended up taking, like, uh, second and third place or something like that. And that was back – I want to say that had to be 2006 or 2007, maybe, maybe later, maybe 2008. It's been so long, so many tournaments, so many people, it's hard to remember. But uh, that's how I fell into it. And then somebody said, hey, man, you want to take me fishing? You know, I'll pay you. And I was like, sure. And then somebody else did it. And next thing you know, I started taking people fishing kayaking. And I was back to guiding fishing again. And, uh, you know, it comes second nature. Uh, being a kayak guide, it's not as easy as people think because – you know, you, it's easy for me to catch a fish. It's to get you to catch a fish. And when I take people out there, I, I stress on the fact that, hey, look, calm down first. You got a lot going on. Let's get you one fish first. Then we'll work on two. Mm-hmm. If I can get them to calm down and relax, that's a that's a big thing to get them out there. So it's kind of about me a little bit. That's what I kind of do, you know, kind of did. And that's how I kind of fell into it all. We'll get to the fish a little bit. Let's 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 listen a little bit more about Eric. I know you are a a beer connoisseur. Every yeah. time I see you, you got a different kind of beer going on. You know, you're you're go- going to the different places. You're trying out the different beers. Uh, so so so, what's your favorite beer right now? What's what's going on in Eric's world with with beer? Homemade root beer, right? Now. Homemade homemade root beer, but the alcoholic kind, the the good kind. Um, I know you were, man, talking, were talking beers earlier. I'm kind of stuck in, in, a, in a rut right now. Um, I'm on Jucifer, and I'm on the Parish Brewing. Um, Tyler's drinking a, a Pure Tropics right now. I, I drink that. The Ghost in the Machine, I can't get off of that. Uh, what else? The Bloom, the Double Dry Hops, you know, all Parish. But uh, the Jucifer is mainly like my go-to and kind of like those other beers are my special beers when I'm drinking. Is there, is there a favorite place you go to that uh, that brews their own beer that you like to you like to go and have a drink at? Uh any places that got beer is good for me. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed. You got beer over at your house. I'll be at your house. You know? I do. I, uh, I only have good wine though. <laughs> you know, I have a better wine selection than I do a beer selection. I, I love me some red wine now. I, I yes. Yeah. Now I know you're also, you're also a food connoisseur and I see you're always cooking some, some really good looking food items on there. You know, you're doing fish and you're doing uh some really good looking things. Um, what kind of dishes, what are your specialties? I don't know, man. I, uh, I guess you'd call it French Creole, uh, uh, fine dining mix. You know, I was, uh, well, I mean, I don't know how else to say that. Uh, I was worked in the restaurant industry for quite a few years before I started guiding. Um, so and, what's uh, your favorite dish to cook though? What's your favorite one? I can make a kick-ass barbecue shrimp. Really? That, um, also do a good shrimp and grits and, uh, grits and griots. Uh, I do mean jambalaya. I mean, I do some, Oh, how about a fettuccine? I can do a good fettuccine also. People rave about that. Is your barbecue shrimp, is it the heavy Worcestershire or more of the white wine and butter uh, sauce? Uh, I could do both, but my my specialty would be, I guess, uh, Worcestershire based. Worcestershire? Really, it's butter based. Let's get down to the real truth. Now, you you cook a gumbo, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to cook a gumbo. Um, White meat? Dark meat? What What do you use? Um. I use seafood. I don't know what y'all. Put oh, in okay, yours. okay. The white meat. <laughs> no, like, I, I mean gumbo. Um, if it, if I'm cooking a uh, gumbo like what you're talking about um, with the chicken and andouille, chicken andouille. Um, I, I'd, I'd use most probably dark meat because. Oh, you hear that, Sean? Yeah. Um, well, because it's it's more flavorful, and in fact, any 
any dish that I'm going to cook with chicken, like a jambalaya, if you yeah. do a chicken andouille jambalaya, I'm going to use, I'm going to use dark meat because it's more flavorful than the uh, white meat and white meat dries up on you really, really bad. Y'all are cooking it too long. I'm, okay. I'm, we're gonna, I'm we, cooking it too long. Well, you're not cooking it long enough. Yeah, I'm going to cook the, the white meat chicken too long. We, we're going to see. We're going to see. We're going we're we're to have, have the, the white meat, gumbo cook-off. We're going to have the white already. meat, dark meat gumbo yeah. cook-off at the championship. So that's oh. all I'm saying about that. So, uh, We'll move on to the to the next topic. Uh, so, Eric, I know you you fish. Um, you know, you fish basically exclusively Highway Twenty Three, right? I fish both sides of the river. It depends on on how things are going. Lately, I've been fishing uh, Twenty Three there. Yeah, you know, you go um, from from basically Myrtle Grove all the way down to Venice. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's my main run. You know, um, uh, this year, well, if the water was up high, you know, with the river, so it's kind of keeping me a little bit further north um burris yellow cotton area uh yellow cotton is about as far as i would go south and actually i've been doing some really good fishing down that way in, in yellow cotton uh and in the tide the, the the river's dropping so it's just getting better uh big spot lately uh that i've actually produced some great fish um and some trout when nobody was catching any trout uh and i'm not saying a lot of trout yeah Eight, 10 15 you know, um, is actually uh, the Freeport Software right there behind the high school. Really? But not not in the bay, down the canal. And it's, I mean, I'll tell everybody, it's no secret. Go and, and get you a uh, shrimp, like a DOA or what's the other one? Voodoo. Voodoo, or, yeah. Or gulp and put it under. Um, I was using, uh, what was it one time? I, was, I used two corks. I used the uh, Four Horsemen and I used the other, uh, the Paradise Popper. Yeah. Um, but depending on the wind, I'll change corks to a lemon cork or, or uh, egg cork. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because yeah. the, if it's rougher water, think about your top waters. If it's calm, you want something to make a little bit of noise. If it's rougher water, you want something to make louder noise. Okay. So do the same with corks. You know, a lot of people overlook that. And I think sometimes with these loud corks, they're great. Don't get me wrong. They're all great corks. But. Sometimes with the loud, loud popping corks in calm water, you may be actually hindering yourself into catching fish. But all I was doing was floating down the canal and hitting every little point I could. And you'd pick, sometimes you'd pick up one, sometimes you you wouldn't get any, sometimes you'd pick up three or four off of the off of that, right? Dead down the center of the uh, Freeport Canal. So what what size trot are you talking about? You know, 14, 15 inches? No, no, 18 inches, uh, 16, 16 to 18. You know, don't get me wrong. We'd catch 14s too, you know, but but decent fish. I was really kind of surprised. Um, And now that that storm blew in, um, I'm actually catching them in ponds too. Not not like those numbers, but when, you know, we're fishing the redfish, we're picking up on some some decent truck, you know, 14, 16. Caught one that was 22 inches the other day in a pond, which is, I don't, I don't even know why it was there. It was covered. The pond was covered in grass and it made no sense. He was there. That's all he was lost. Was. Yeah. He was lost something. But um, that that's telling me that when the more this river drops, the bet the better the uh the trout are going to be. Um, I see the guy the guides in the boat that you know I base out of Happy Jack basically. You know where I base out mm-hmm. of right at the lodge. You know, I see uh, Nash and Brad and uh, Rodney and those guys coming in, and they're coming in with some gorgeous fish, and they have been coming in with some gorgeous fish. And, you know, I know they're running out further, but they're coming. Them fish are going to start coming in. Uh, the transitions most probably going to be, you know, end of the month through October. 
I figure October 2nd or so, things should really be turned around. And, you know, you'll start getting mixed bags of different fish. And uh, I think we're going to have a crazy trout year this year. You know, and that's that's really good to hear because I know last year we were having a – we had a tough, really tough year on trout last year. And most of the trout last year for falling tide, which, you know, is usually late October, so we're, we're north. I mean, we were right. fishing way north to catch trout. There was no trout down, you know, south when you're getting close to Yellow Cotton Bay and, uh, and you know, in Venice and everything. But if you're catching trout that far north already right now in August, uh, come October, if, especially if we get a nice cold front end, you know, or something a little bit cooler temperatures, start pushing um, those trout inside. That's going to be – that's really encouraging because it's going to open up a lot of Highway 23 um, – and give a lot more areas to fish for, for people to go and uh, try to catch their slam this year. Well, if the fishing, I mean, I've been killing it. Uh, I've absolutely been killing it with the clients. And uh, that says a lot, you know, when you, when you got clients and you can, you know, catching, you know, 10, 12 fish a day, you know, I mean, that's good. You know, that's really good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I'm talking redfish, you know, so uh, it, it, the fishing has been phenomenal down that way. And, uh, you know, I, the worst day I had, which wasn't even really a bad day, it was a guy and his son. And, um, you know, they ended up catching five reds, uh, three drumfish, and a, a sheephead. And, I, I, you know, that wasn't a bad day. They still caught a nice mixture of fish. That's you know, a good bag to take home. home. Yeah, it's a good bag to take home. I mean, did they catch all their redfish? No, but that's fishing now. I can't control it all the time, you know, mm-hmm. I can try like hell, but <laughs> you know, I know what to do, but yeah. um, right now I'm on some great fish. I'm on some school and reds with the tails and all that crazy stuff sticking out to what I had a group. Uh, I haven't posted the pictures yet. I got to get on that tomorrow. I guess a group from Australia. I think some of y'all met them at the, uh, ride the bull thing. If y'all went and, uh, I actually, it was one of the, it just one of the beautiful things about being a guide when you can take somebody and spot, you know, uh, uh, six tails sticking out of water at 50 yards. The guy was freaking out when I did it. I was like, look, man, you see those things over there? That's redfish. And I made, I said, cut up wind and drift into him. And he made the perfect cast. He caught a nice 25 inch redfish. And it was just one of those pictures that you don't get to see too much. And, uh, you know, uh, the spot redfish like that, you, you you got to have a trained eye, I guess, but um, they're, they're coming out. It, it's pretty amazing on the fish that's been around. Yeah, that, that's that's good. So the the reds that you're catching, um, are there any size to them? Any any good upper slot reds? Uh, seven, eight. I caught one that was nine pounds that I actually pulled out the Boca grips to put on because it was so fat. Yeah, so, but I'm killing as many slot redfish as I can right now, especially upper slots. <laughs> you know, at every marina around, I'm trying to kill as many. 26 and three quarters 26s you know i'm trying to kill as many as, as those slots as i can as you can right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and i even let them go to kill the 26s and you know 26 and a half so you let back the 18 because you're going after the 26s yeah exactly you know release all the other ones and go after 26s you know so look we you know we've got rumble on the river coming up in about three weeks and then falling tide after uh, the format for Rumble on the River is going to be two reds, yeah. slot reds from, uh, I think, what we decided, 22 to 27 inches. Um, any particular areas that, that you'd recommend that you're seeing down there right now 
uh, with the way the river's dropping. And I think the water's probably, I would guess, getting a little bit cleaner now with oh, the river been, dropping. It, the water's been phenomenally clear. Really? Uh, yeah, in certain areas. I mean, don't get me wrong. The closer you got to Venice with the high water, it was muddier. But your ponds are cleaning up real good. A lot of weeds have grown in certain areas of, of ponds and stuff. Um, the, the rumble on the river uh, is open to Delacro and and uh, yeah, Parish, all of Highway correct? 23 and all of uh, St. Bernard Parish. St. Bernard, yeah, that's a lot of area to cover. Um, <clears throat> I would imagine that your bigger fish are going to come from Venice. Um, if the way the river is going, I would say the bigger fish are going to come from Venice. You may be able to <clears throat> go over to Delacroix and um, <clears throat> get some nice fish. You know, I'm talking about eight pound fish. If you look yeah. at the eight pound fish, they're going to come from areas such as Venice. You know, I'm not saying you can't catch one further north, but if you're going to do your best opportunity, uh, Venice would be the place to hit, especially the way the river's falling. They, they're catching redfish now there, you know, so. And what, you know, kind of baits, what kind of baits are you recommending? Are you seeing the, the fish, uh, you know, using as far as artificial baits that you're seeing there? Uh, I got a picture I sent in. I don't know if you can pull that up there. Um, that's a uh, Hall's HD inline spinner. That mm -hmm. one's that one's really really good. It's something about the vibration on it. I don't know why. I also been using uh, the Johnson spoon, which is what one uh, Johnson, one of our club sponsors. Yeah, that's just that's just a, your overall standard spoon. It's a great spoon, catches a lot of fish. Don't, yeah, don't don't go changing. You know, I mean, don't don't go changing the wheel that's not broke. Is is another thing. You know, you got one million different types of spoons, but you know Johnson's been around for 110 years. Why would you even try another one? Uh, also. Uh, I've uh, been using some plastics set up weedless for the, you know, fishing in the weeds with the spoons and, and that. And yeah. Such, uh, you know, I highly recommend. You know, look, they've been killing the spoon. Uh, they're, they're eating crabs right now. Hmm. So, you know, and they also have, the, they got a bunch of little white shrimp too that are in little bitty, bitty things, you know, an inch or so, I would say. Uh, but the, the spoon has been producing day in and day out. Yeah, Are you so, finding them in, in, in the ponds and shallow water and in, in deeper canals? Where, where are you finding them now? Finding them in the ponds, yeah. Okay. Mainly in the ponds. Even uh, even later in the morning when it starts warming up, or do you find even, that they'll move yeah, out? Yeah, even in the late, middle of the day, man. You know, um, most, of, most of my trips have been ending by noon, though. Yeah, know, it's hot. Because of the heat, you know, yeah. people are pretty much happy with what they've had by then. I mean, if you got eight fish and... You know, it's 100 degrees outside, and the humidity's 80 or 90. It's time to go in anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, so tell but, me a little bit about uh, about a trip. Like, how many people can you accommodate when when you go out? What do you feel comfortable with as far as? Because I know you like to pay special attention to everybody out there. Yeah. And, you know, um, how many people we normally take out as far as a group? What I do is uh, I got someone who helps me also. So I got another guy who's uh, born and raised down there also. Um, and he uh, he comes on usually when I when I get four people, let's say I get five, mm -hmm. I'll bring him on just because to, to lend the extra hand because to, to do the, the proper customer service, you know. Yeah. And, and it also depends on the client, you know. I mean, like if I took you guys, you know, it'd be different. You then. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, I'd be good. I mean, you may better watch over Tyler, but you know, I'm well, fine. yeah, well, because I'm gonna have to be pulling the weeds off his prop and stuff, and you know, <laughs> some stock, and you know, just a mess. Um, All his dead shrimp. <laughs> yeah, he's a dead shrimp. Um, yeah, don't laugh at dead shrimp, buddy. Don't don't ever leave home without that. Don't eat dead shrimp. Um, Look, every chart I got I've ever been on, 
you know, they are going to bring the dead shrimp or the live shrimp or they yeah. want to have that. I mean, they much prefer catching them on, on artificial because it's a whole lot easier, but they want to make sure the clients catch fish. And at the end of the day, if they're going to put a piece of dead shrimp on there, they're going to put a piece of dead shrimp on there. Yeah. I'll put it on at the beginning of the day. I don't really care. It just depends on the client and, and, and uh, ability to fish and learn how to fish. You got to start somewhere and that's a good, good thing to start with. Yeah. You know? So what do you, what do you charge? What are your rates for, for taking someone out? How long does the, does the trip last? Um, what, what do, what do they need to bring? Uh, basically uh, you, you can do, okay, let's start off with your own kayak. You know, so you got your own kayak. You're from Arkansas. Well, you're going to need, you bring your own equipment and uh, you're going to need a state fishing license. Of course, I'm going to tell you to bring something to drink and you show up with your own equipment and go out. That's 150 a day. All right. Um, it, for my what is a day? What, how long is a day? A, day, a trip? day lasts from safe light till 12, one o'clock. Depends okay. on depends on the client and, and on the fish bite, too. You know, uh, I'm not one to, to believe in, in, in sitting there and just keep pounding on fish and, and injuring them. You know, that, that's I'm not slamming ride the bull, but and I understand that people because I've done it. I do it. You know, I've, I've done this it, that. You know, these people come from all over the country and they go right into the pass and we're going to scout. And you got everybody catching the fish the days before. Yeah. I got sewer mouths. And then even with the even with our tournaments in the club, you know, falling tide, people go out, oh, man, I'm on fish. I'm on fish. They're going to go by and they're going to go check on. Yeah. yeah. You might have caught that three pound trout that you might have needed that pound for the slam. And now he's not going to bite. So that's one thing to do. Um, But. And then for me, it's 200 bucks a day. And all I ask you to bring is a fishing license and uh, some, some waters to drink. So for $200 a day, you'll provide everything, but basically the license and the drinks. Yeah. The license and drinks. I got uh pen conflict reels. I have a uh, temple fork outfitter rods, the tactical series. They all come with the power pro uh, line on them. Uh, what else I got? Uh, I got every lure under the sun you could think of, you know, from top yeah. orders to, any the plastics and, and gulp and and whatever you need corks and anything you need I got you you also clean the fish when when you get back oh, yeah. in yeah. Yeah, yeah you know a lot of my customers want to let them go too so we let them go also you know clean them fish bag them up got an ice machine we can get them fresh ice they ain't gotta uh, go buy any ice or nothing like that now I remember uh, I had some friends of mine and we were staying down in uh, in Happy Jack at one of the camps and you were right down the street we were drinking some beer and you came up and visit us. And my friend, my friend, I'm not going to mention his name. My friend's over there and he's just butchering this trout. And I remember you just sitting there watching him and watching me. You're like, I, I, okay, I've got enough of this. And he said, you were real nice. He said, here, let, let me show you something. So you show him. And, I've, and look, I've been fishing all my life and I've never seen this particular technique. I've never seen this way to clean a trout, but you showed it to me. And ever since you did, I've been using it since. And I mean, it is the easiest way. Because everybody knows when you're filleting a trout and you're coming through and you catch that, um, I don't know, was it the air sac or something in there that yeah, the rib cage and the air sacs, the rib cage and the air sac, you got to literally pick up the fillet, take the fillet knife, flick it down and go back through. Cause you're going to hit it every time. Well, the way you showed me, and I would probably want to do a YouTube video this one day is you flip it over on its back and you take the first cut from basically the pee hole, you know, through the bottom of the fish up to the, to the top. You basically cut a little curve on, on the bottom and then you flip right along the backbone. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. right on the backbone. You flip them or you flay them. And you don't have that problem, and I mean, it just speeds up the process of cleaning trout. It's 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 incredible, and you don't get any bones, and and you can just completely through that. I've been using that technique since, and it's just a great technique for uh for cleaning trout. 
So I appreciate you showing me that. Um, Now, if someone um, wants to, wants to do sight fishing at a a kayak, is that something that you can do as well and, and show them how to sight fish out of it? Yeah, I can show. I mean, that's a real hard thing to do because y'all all kayak fish and you know that I can't tell you yeah. that if we're going to get out there and the water's going to be be clear, you know, but um, if this opportunity leads itself, you know, we find the clear water. Yeah, of course you can sight fish. Yeah. You know, now what's the best time of year to fish to fish highway 23? I fish 365 days a year. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. yeah, red fishing. But OK, so let's talk red fishing. October. You, I would say October, red October. That's why yeah, red, October. red October. But you can yeah. catch redfish throughout the year down Highway 23. Redfish for sure. Yeah. Trout yeah, too. I mean, it just depends. You know, it's a, the river. The river has so much to do with 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 that area, and even even Grand Isle. I mean, you know, the river affects Grand Isle too, and and Mardi Gras Pass and all of that, and Delacro and everything. You know. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, when that river was hot, we were noticing uh, if you got a strong east wind. Uh, it was it was really blowing that river water. You could tell how Grand Isle would get real dirty, or you, you could see it being affected yep. a good bit. What about um, uh, trout fishing? What's the best time of the year to go down there to fish for trout? You know that the last two years have been. I mean, like I'm, I'm telling you, the last two years have been off with the uh, with the trout. I guess um, because of the fresh water. Yeah. Uh, best time, I would say, winter time. Um, anywhere between October. I mean, I've caught trout on top water on Christmas Eve, if that makes any sense to you. No, it uh, does. It, it depends and, on uh, the, how cold it gets too. Depends on how cold it gets. Yeah. Uh, it, but then, you know, we catch them in the summer too. So it does, it, I'd say the winter months are better for trout. I mean, the fishing down there, it, it's the fishing capital of the world. And there's a reason why they call it. They have so many nutrients and baits and, 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 and food there for the fish that that they, that that's why they have so many fish in that area, you know. And I know I've been out um, in Myrtle Grove, right there at the marina, when it gets real cold, yeah, I mean, real cold. And I'm dressed up in my top to bottom in my like hunting gear. I, I don't hunt, but my wife bought me one of those big hunting bibs to keep you warm. Been out in my kayak, and literally, it's lined at the main canal right there by the camps. are just lined up with boats. And everybody's fishing a little double rig, the little little uh, tandem sparkle beetle rig, uh, right. real slow. Bounce them off the bottom. The trout just line up at the bottom there. Those and some reds and drum. Real easy fishing if you can, you know. Uh, but but it's it's yeah. it's only good that that particular fishing is only good when it's really cold. Yeah, uh, but the, the thing about that Myrtle Grove spot is you got to have the northwest wind blowing thirty miles an hour, and it's got to be cold. It's got to be the worst conditions possible to catch fish right there where you're talking about. Right there. So exactly. on, on the worst day that you can imagine, it can be raining and blowing and everything. That's when you want to go there. That's the when you. Look, but when you when 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 you really got the urge and you're like, God, I just I haven't been out. I'm tired of this weather. And I right. Really want to go fishing. You're like, Oh wait a minute, I go fish Myrtle Grove today and catch some fish. Right. Yeah. You know, and every day is different. You know, some days you catch a lemon and some days you catch 10. Yeah. You know? so, so I know a lot of people, we get this question a lot. And I know you could probably answer this for us. Uh, Myrtle Grove. Some people want to launch out of there and want to go fish down there. I mean, it's kind of a long paddle. I don't know why people do it, but they want to go fish those marshes over there. That's private property. I think a lot of people get run off from those areas. Do you know? Uh, I haven't been run off, but then again, I don't go there during duck season too. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'd run you off if you came in my duck pond that I leased. Yeah, sure, I've, I've yeah, always heard that I'm was not... a bigger problem during duck season. What's that? I said I've always heard that was just a bigger problem during duck yeah. season. Yeah, I mean, the guys are duck, duck hunting down there, right. you know. 
That's one thing that, that that's real popular down Highway 23 is the duck hunting. And uh, certainly, you know, when it's when it's duck hunting season, you're going to want to make sure that, you know, you stay out of those those little ponds where you're going to have hunters and, and give them the respect yeah. they need because, you know, they, they only get to hunt a couple weeks out the year. We get to fish all the time, you know. So um, something else you can do is start a later start later in the day. It's colder. Anyway, That's true. The fish are going to warm up. You know, the, the warmer the water gets, the more fish you're going to catch. Yeah. You know, um, you know, like I, I'll start off in open water, and then uh, I'll move into some ponds and stuff like that uh, during you know November or, or February when when the fishing when it is duck season or whatever. You know. Yeah. Um, so I so I don't affect these guys. Now, Captain Eric, uh, as far as um. I know you also have lodging available if people want to come down, they need a place to stay down there. Cause there's not a lot of hotels unless you go all the way down to Venice. And I think there's one um, a little further up, but you've got some nice camps out there that you guys run out uh, towards happy Jack. Is that right? Yeah, we got, uh, I would, I'd call it five star. It's a lodge. Um, it's beautiful. You know, it's got, uh, it sleeps 12. Um, it's uh, $300 up to six people. Um, and then it's $50 a head after that. If you want a girl to come in and cook for you, I think it's $75 a head. That's three meals a day. Um, we can arrange a, a week trip. I, I got people who call me up and say, look, just set it up. We want to do it all. Um, everything from bay boat, bow and arrow, fly fishing, duck hunting, uh, offshore fishing. And they come right there and they stay at the camp and they'll stay for the whole week and just do the whole Louisiana experience. Now, these people and they're up from Michigan and stuff like that down from Michigan and stuff where they, they come in for that long, you know, but if you wanted to spend, you know, a day or two there, that's fine. Um, that cheaper than Disney World. Huh? Cheaper than Disney World. Cheaper than Disney World. Well, well I don't know if you do an offshore, uh, it gets a little, it's, well, if you got, yeah, if you got a daughter, it might be cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Never mind. Yeah. But, but you, cost you more basically money. you've got the connections. If someone wants to do something, you know, that you, can, you can set them up with, set them up with it. Now you, you know, uh, last year, I know you were flashing some stuff. Do you still do it? I know you had those, uh, those alligator tags. Yeah. Yeah. They do you got still, the, yeah. Do you still yeah, do I'm that? Not, I'm not doing the hunting, but that's one of the guys who, who's with the lodge there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they still do it. Um, I don't know if he's got any tags left for this year because usually they go out pretty quick. I'd have to check on it, but I think they're all sold, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Now, they, do y'all, they, do y'all do that at the kayak? Because there's a particularly troublesome gator that's been bothering me at an area I fish. He's a big one. And uh, I've told some people about him. I said, I need to get me a tag because I need to get rid of this some bugger. It's uh, down Highway 23? Yeah, he's, he's just a 12-footer. He's okay. at least 12. And I mean, he's, he's come at me twice. Come at you? He's oh, come Lord. at me. He's come off the bank at me in my kayak twice. You sure and, he's 12 uh, foot? He's 12 foot, at least 12 foot. All right. All right. Yeah, a female will do that more than a male will. I mean, I'd eat her too. I mean, I'd eat them both, male, female, you know. (laughs) Yeah, most females uh, usually only get up to eight feet. Some do get a little bit bigger. Oh, no, this one... This one was bigger than my kayak, and you know I'm in a 12 right. foot outback, and uh, I said, "Oh, this is not good." Some well, of those guys know we we. She was out there when we were uh, scouting for the championship a year or two ago. Uh, you know, last year actually was out there. It's, uh, came at us, um, and uh, I, I kept my distance because I mean, when they when they come off the bank at you, it could be a little scary. Yeah, I, I mean, was he coming at you, Sean, or was he just trying to get away from? Him? No, no, he was at the bank and he came at me. Came at you like Joe he, dove off and swam straight at the boat. Right at me, yeah. 
Did he came out the boat and pop his head up next to the boat? No, I I I, I slammed it in reverse and got out of there really quick. Oh, ah, little, little skinny canal, you in, huh? Yeah, it was a, it was a skinnier canal. I mean, it wasn't too too skinny, but I mean, it gets you nervous that when you're going those skinny canals, yeah, that they can almost grab you right off the bank like that. Yeah. I hate when you run into them in the skinny canals. It makes yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I had a customer run into one actually, a smaller one. I'd say he was six, seven foot last week uh, uh, down there, and uh, he he ran into him. We were leaving right before daylight, and he we was sitting in the middle of the canal, just ran right into him. Bloop, you know. Yeah, you know, shit out of him. It was great. I'm going. I'm going uh, the weekend of September seventh, we're doing a charter trip offshore with uh, with Brandon Barton over there with um, mm-hmm. Emerald Coast uh, kayak. We, we, you know, try to catch some mahi and stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm nervous about sharks. And I was sitting there, I was driving today across the lake, and I'm sitting there thinking, I said, man, what, which gets me more nervous, the, the the gators or the sharks? And I said, I haven't yet to see a shark while I'm in a kayak. Although I'm more afraid of the sharks than I am in the gators. And I see the, ga- I guess it's because I see the gators all the time. Although yeah. they still get me nervous. Yeah, um, I, I think I'd be more concerned about the sharks. You know? um, well, I've seen sharks eat big giant tuna right on side of the boat with big giant jaws, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, big you giant big, jaws. Big, yeah, big giant jaws. Big, big mako coming up, eating a uh, fish on the side of the uh, you, you, kayak's not going to be fun. I had a giant when I in with Danny Ray uh, eat a catfish and freak me out. <laughs> he was about 10, 12 foot uh, bull shark. You hear There's sharks, a, uh, you know, going after uh, surfboards and stuff, and so I think, man, a kayak looks a little similar to that. But you never hear gators going after kayaks in the marsh, really. I mean, you, you don't, you don't. They go after dogs in Disney World and people and stuff, but yeah, kayaks apparently you're safe. Um, Eric, there's actually speaking of sharks, there's actually a great picture. I think you caught. You had a, uh, a was it a spinner spinner shark? Yeah, that was doing the IFA down there in uh, Caminata Pass. Uh, when when uh, I think that uh, Brandon Barton actually snagged that off of the, what is that, the Hobie? Or the, uh, the, the Hobie? No, no, the Hobie. Um, you know how they do the IFA uh, show? What yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hobie uh, TV show, whatever it is they do. They did the IFA program or whatever. Yeah, that was about, I'd say that was a seven-foot shark behind me. It came out the water, though. I mean, it was a yeah. great picture. He, he, Crazy high, huh? Crazy high, crazy high. That's a really cool picture. He jumped three times. Every time he'd come down, I'd I'd get a little bit wetter, and I kept paddling (laughs) as fast as I could. But he was coming in the boat. Yeah. I was moving, you know. Um, Now, look, I've seen um, you and Chris Holmes do this uh, whenever that river gets real high. Y'all go out, and y'all go target these just big river cats. Yeah. And uh, I saw, I think it was this year or last year, your kayak was barely floating. Y'all had so many catfish, big catfish just loaded down in the back of that kayak. Yeah, that um, was only 10 fish, actually. That was that was a lot of fish, though. It was a lot of 10 yeah. fish. Um, we 10 fish, uh, we estimated it to be anywhere between 350 and 400 pounds. Yeah. Uh, it, in the back of that Hobie. Is that something, if someone said, hey, Eric, I want to go do one of these trips, is that something you would do? you take somebody out, or is that no, something just, you kind of do? J- just because of the river, um, I, I wouldn't take somebody in the river. Yeah. It. And it's nothing personal, and uh, I, I just, I know about the river, and I'm it's not dangerous. taking anybody. It's dangerous, yeah. It's and dangerous. It's, yeah. I'd rather not have somebody's life at that. And, you know, I'd, I'd be cautious of who I took, even if they, they were an experienced kayak fisherman, because... You know, me and Chris have been fishing long enough together that we kind of, you know, read each other and know what's going on. But 
you know, because your life, you fall overboard. Your life is in my hands when it comes to the river. Sure. You know I mean, I'm going to have to get to you somehow, you know what I mean, to, to yeah. do something, you know. So you got to, it, it's serious business. It's not just like go put the kayak in a river. And, and people do it and they do it all the time. They put $100 kayaks in the river and, uh, you, can, you know, and there's nothing wrong with the $100 kayak. Just no, maybe the river isn't the right place to put it. To put it. No, no, you're right. Let's clear, clarify that. The Mississippi River. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one last thing I know, and i tell you what, um, huge fan um, of uh, Robert Shaw and Jaws. Um, I thought his character was, I mean, it's probably one of the top ten characters for me in all of film. Um, when he's on the boat and they're fishing and he's drinking some beers and uh, – you know, uh, they're doing the tattoos, you know, and showing the tattoos and the Indianapolis, everything. You dressed up as him for Halloween, I think, recently, right? Was it Halloween? Mardi Gras. Mardi, Mardi Gras. Gras. Yeah. And, and Tyler, I don't know if we had that picture or not. I don't know if I, I told you to pull it. I wish I did. I'm telling you. It's on my, it's on the, it's on the, on the uh, Facebook, uh, Louisiana Kayak uh, Kaya Company. It was spot on. I yeah. could, if you put those pictures side by side, I couldn't have told you which one was Robert Shaw in Jaws. I couldn't have told you which one was Quentin Jaws because you look so much like him. Yeah, we've actually went and seen the uh, Jaws in the Water down in Pensacola. I suggest everybody do that. It was really a good time. And that's why we did it. We won a contest. Really? Actually, down there, yeah. Taffy, she uh, she had a, a fake arm that uh, Chris Holmes had had <laughs> and, uh, because Chris and Vicky kind of turned us on to it. And, uh, oh, is that when y'all go watch it in the water, watch the movie? Go watch the movie in the water, yeah. At so nighttime. We had, we had the fake arm, me yeah, and screw Quinn, that. <laughs> and then Brody was dressed up like Sheriff Brody, of course, King Brody, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we won a uh, $50 uh, gift certificate to the restaurant, that, uh, a restaurant slash bar that holds the movie thing. So it was pretty cool. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, look, so if people want to book a trip with you or want to get some more information or contact you about any, yeah. any of the things down there in Plaquemines Parish, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, let's, uh, let's iterate something too real quick. I yeah. guess that's the word I'm looking for. Um, as far as my sponsorship goes with the club, um, if someone signs up, okay, so it, it costs 25 bucks to sign up for the club, right? Yep. Um, well, that's $25 off if they go fishing with me. Um, off of, off of the price of two, so it'd be one seventy five instead of two hundred. So that way you could kill two birds with one stone, you know. So when somebody calls me and says, "Hey, I'm a member of the club. I just signed up. I call up one of you guys. Is he a member? Yeah, he's a member. Okay, cool. Boom, I know it. And then and then we go from there. But that's that's the real reason why I did it is not only to promote myself but to promote the club and to bring in more members. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't I don't Absolutely. know. There's a guy, uh, Jared Mark here, commenting, and I know he said he said Eric to check your. Uh, facebook messages when you get off here i think he's uh maybe interested right. in a trip cool. I, I don't know if he's a Tell member me. or not but was that the guy who just signed up today i, I think know. was that the guy that just came on um that onto the club today because i think there was a new guy that came on i told him I said hey man make sure to check us out tonight when we're talking about fishing highway 23 you know just uh, you know if you've never fished the area and you want to learn the area learn launches and stuff you know captain eric's been fishing out here all all his life he can kind of show you around show you where to fish maybe where not to fish because there's certain areas that look, hey, look, man, you look at them on map and say, man, it looks like a great place to launch. Oh, you can't launch over there. I mean, some of these pumping stations are off out of bounds. You know, you don't want to get towed. You don't want to be out in an area where you can't fish. You know, I know, Eric, you, you're always, you know, willing to help people out and show them. Yeah. You get, you take them out there. You teach them the area, teach them how to fish. Because fishing 23 is a little bit different sometimes than fishing Reggio or Delacro or, or even Grand Isle, you know. 
different yeah. paints, uh, different techniques, you know, different areas. So, um, so, but that's really good with the 10% discount, basically, uh, or $25 off a fishing trip, 175. You get so much information, you use it the rest of your life. It's, it's a, it's a really good deal. Um, it's a good time too. I mean, getting a, yeah. I hate fishing alone, getting to fish with someone like you and telling stories and everything. It's going to be a good yeah. time. Yeah, for sure. And um, you're, the, you're a Hobie team member as well. You're Hobie pro staff, right? Hobie team member. I'm a Pugilist team member, a Pugilist sporting goods team member, a Massey's team member. Sponsor. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, they're our sponsor, uh, right? Pugles, yeah, I think uh, Massey's does the fish picks and yeah. uh, Puglia's. Uh, always provides a lot of good gift cards, a lot of prizes yeah. for Patapalooza yeah. and and Fallen Tide. Been so, sponsored by those guys for years. Yeah, so you, great. Louisiana Kayak Company, they want to get in touch with you. What's the yeah. best way to get in touch with Eric? Best way to get in touch with me is to call my phone, 504-313-8292. Or you can find me on Instagram uh, at the Louisiana Kayak Company, also Facebook, the Louisiana Kayak Company, or you can get in touch with me through the Don Dubuque Outdoors Show. Absolutely, and that's that's yeah. something I forgot to mention. You come yeah. on uh, this Saturday, most Saturdays, right? Yeah, every I'm on. It's me and Brendan. I'm on this Saturday, and Brendan Bayard will be on the following Saturday. Yeah, so we yeah. Back and forth. Nothing but lies. Nothing but lies. Well, maybe not on my Saturday. <laughs> so what time do y'all normally come on on uh, Don Dubuque in the morning? We're at 6.20 a.m. 6.20 a.m. And that's yeah. the, um, is that Don the, Dubuque Outdoors. That's the, the puddle. What does he call it? The, 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 the paddlers, uh, the paddlers uh, report. The, the paddlers. <laughs> yeah, the paddler, the paddlers report, not the paddles. <laughs> I'll probably, yeah. when I'm up on Saturday mornings, I, I listen to you guys and I, and I always say, so what lie am I going to hear today? <laughs> yeah, what lie? <laughs> I'm scrolling with you guys. I yeah, love I know, I know. listening to it. I always hope I don't miss it. You know, it's, it's good to hear with that Don Dubuque uh, in the morning. Uh, there's yeah. nothing like it when, you, when you're driving down in the morning. Uh, too bad it's not on, on, on Wednesdays because I'm actually going fishing tomorrow. I'll just not, I'm going down 23, actually. Just Are not you? Sure I'm going. Yeah. So I got the yeah. day off of work, and I said, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to go out tomorrow and start doing a little scouting and see what I can find. Maybe see if I can find some clean water. And a little early for that, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> a little early for that, but go out I'm, and go fishing. Have a I'm going to go look. I, I just haven't yeah. been in a couple of weeks and I got the, I got the urge. I need to go. I need to go. There are plenty of fish, man. I'm telling you, if you don't get on the trout in the morning, just fall back in the ponds, you know, for sure. I think I'm going strictly for redfish. I want to go find yeah. some, some backs. And I love, I love trout fishing, but August, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to go focus on the redfish because we got rumble coming up. Maybe break in some new baits and, and kind of do some exploring and, and see what I can find. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. Tyler's going to be texting me all throughout the morning because I'm going to yeah. be sending him pictures of those uh, bronze backs. Yeah, just just use the spoon and and and, and keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't got to try all these new fancy things. It the, the, it works. Stick to the spoon. Yeah, you know, I keep looking at your hat. It almost looks like an. Just to clarify for people out there, that's not an A, and it's not red. That is not an Alabama hat. That oh, is a Hobie hat. Lord, just to, it looks yeah. like an A sometimes, and it's red. So no. for for those people out there, he's not an Alabama fan. No, uh, go Tigers. I know, I know you're black and gold too. Yeah, oh, who that baby? What you talking yeah. about? <laughs> well, uh, Todd Lewis Eric, wants to know what's your favorite flounder technique. What's oh. that? Wait, who said that? Todd Lewis wants to know what's your favorite. What is your favorite flounder technique? Well, I like to take a spoon and put a uh, inline spinner on the front of it and drag it along the bottom real slow. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, 
Favorite founder technique, uh, Kakaho Menace on the bottom. That's that's the that's, truth. I tell you, a lot of people I mean, do that. And good luck. I mean, uh, flounders uh, actually have been coming around a little bit. Um, I'm not I'm not writing home about it, but they've caught a few. You know, um, the flounder fishing this year down Highway One, especially in Grand Isle, has yeah. been phenomenal. It's been really, it's been the best that I can remember in a long time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've seen a few pictures. I haven't been able to get down that way to, to destroy any, but um, yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. Flounder's kind of a, a fish. This is lucky for me. You know, I, I, I catch them, but I haven't caught one in a while because I'm mainly, you know, going after redfish. That's what people. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, say, hey, let's go target fish. flounder. I mean, shit, you know, okay, yeah. we might not catch one. You I'll know. take you to target. Yeah, I'll take you to target anything you want. I can't guarantee anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean. You Except know, maybe hardheads in the summer. Huh? Except maybe hardheads in the summer. Yeah, I got a good spot for them, actually. <laughs> yeah, waiting for somebody to do that. You know, you know um, I was talking to Eric Stacy last night. Oh, yeah. He was telling me that basically he taught you everything you know. He, said, he is the I, best. I remember when Eric was just. You know, so yeah. tall, and I used to take him out, and I really I was shorter him. than he was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. digging on Eric because he missed the podcast tonight, and he he really wanted to watch it because he knew you were going to be on. Uh. And I said, "Well, look, Eric's I me." Mean, oh, yeah. but he was he was working late, so he's going to catch it on on the reruns on the, on the, reruns. On the syndication. Yeah, this is on uh, on what is on YouTube. Tyler, we're, we're on YouTube and we're on um, Google, right? Yeah, podcast. So Apple Podcasts, Google Apple Podcasts, Podcasts YouTube. And I think what, what Tyler's doing, because he's he's got the whole new website, you know, redone. The forum's running real fast now. Everything's looking real good. He's going to um, put all of our episodes at some point when he has time uh, into our new Facebook, uh, not our Facebook, but into our new um, website. Yes. So it'll be very easily accessible and people can go in there and just go through. I think this is like episode 17 or 18, Tyler. 18. 18. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're shit, man. This is like almost like a whole full season of like right. friends or something. It's crazy. It well, is good, crazy. Good job, Tyler, on all that stuff too. I know that's a lot of your time um, uh, put into this. A lot of people may not realize, I mean, I'm not a computer guy, but I know that it takes plenty of time to do what you've been doing with the uh, computers and the podcast, you know what, today you, you on the phone with me rigging up the zoom thing yeah. um, where I could do it, you know? So that was an extra 30 minutes of your time, you know? It so, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody I tell Tyler, thank you. If you get to see him, Sean, yeah, that. I thank him every day. I, I send him a, I send him a thank you every morning. Usually yeah. it's a picture of me in bed, just kind of waving at him. Hey, uh, that's Tyler, not the kind I, of thank yous I, I appreciate. I did get yeah, a question man. here. Um, uh, online it is directed to you from Eric Stacy. He he's asking, is Kenley waving at Tyler uh, to sign off? <laughs> no, she's not. So, <laughs> so I I don't know I don't know what that means. But uh, Eric wanted me to ask you that. He's just looking at the text message now, so thought I'd ask the question. So um, anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> Tyler's face is redder than my glass of wine right now. Um, anyway, so look, Captain Eric, we really appreciate you having having you on. Um, yeah. I know we've been talking about going fishing for a while, and we're going to set up something soon. Maybe when it starts getting a little cooler. Uh, I know yeah. Tyler and I were both talking about wanting to go out with you and maybe fishing down Highway 23. I've never actually fished Venice, and I, I've wanted somebody to take me for a while to, to show me kind of where to launch, 
where to go down there, um, you know, as far as getting into the yeah. wagon wheel and things like that. So maybe we could set up a trip one day where you take me out and kind of teach me around that area. Sounds good. You know the number? You know how to find me? I know how to find you. I do. Yeah. I know how to find you. So I just go to my nearest bar and, and look for something with some strange beers. And and, and, and Captain <laughs> Eric's going to be in there maybe eating something and, and drinking a cold one. So, uh, look, we, we appreciate you coming on, uh, Terry fam. We appreciate you coming on Tyler. Thanks again for filling us in on all the new, uh, things coming out. Uh, we will be back, uh, two weeks from Tuesday, which will put us, uh, I think the, we're coming on the, the Tuesday before, um, the IFA championship. September 10th. Yes. So that'll be the week, the Tuesday before the IFA championship, which is going to take place. I think it's the 13th and the 14th down in Grand Isle. Uh, hopefully we'll have somebody on to come talk about that. Um, get a little bit more information about that. I know there's uh, a number of anglers. Uh, fortunately it's going to be in Louisiana again this year. Um, so really interested to see how that plays out. Um, I'm actually going to get the, get the opportunity to fish it as of right now. So it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, I'm going to see a lot of, uh, a lot of my Florida friends, my Alabama friends coming in town to fish it. And then I know a lot of those guys will be back down again for uh, hopefully fall and Todd and definitely the, the championship in, uh, in November. So uh, thanks again to everyone tonight for coming on. And uh, we will see you two weeks on uh, September 10th. So you thank you guys. All right. Later. All right.